0: What's up, everyone? You're listening to the Anthro Alert podcast, which is the recording of our live show, Anthro Alert. You can now listen at your leisure and at your convenience. If you're new here on Anthro Alert, this is where Renee and I, your hosts, and sometimes a guest, analyze, break down, and discuss different topics each week anthropologically. Enjoy. Bulls what's happening you're listening to Bulls Radio WUSF 89.7 HD3 Tampa 16:20 a.m. on campus and always streaming worldwide at tunein.com and the tune in app if you'd like to learn more you can go to bullsradio.org it's a uh, Friday afternoon it's a little bit chilly but I love it it's so nice others of you may feel the opposite but regardless uh it's 2 o'clock and you're listening to Anthro Alert. Yes, it is 2 o'clock and you're listening to Anthro Alert recently. Bulls Radio has been gracious enough to grant us um, one more hour for us to sit here and and converse with interesting guests and and do all of the anthropology things. Um, so we'd like to thank Bulls Radio for that. Um, so now every Friday, Anthro Alert will be on from... 2 until 4. Um, and I'm Spencer. Hi,
1: everybody. I'm, I'm Renee, and today on Anthro Alert, like Spencer said, we got two hours now on the show. It's going to be a fun time. Um, you know, the other thing we're going to be doing today, like we started last week, we'll be answering your questions on Twitter if you hit us up, uh, at Anthro Alert, so that's on Twitter. You can send us a text message, 802-552-4487, so once again, on Twitter, at AnthroAlert, and via text message old school sms 802-552-4487 hey
0: and so we have uh we have a guest host on
2: hi um uh, my name is Bree yeah. i am a i'm a student here at University of South Florida in the anthropology program i'm here to uh talk about anthropology and ethics with you all so thanks for having me today all
0: right so if you guys have listened consistently to Anthro Alert you may recognized Bree's voice as she was uh, on a previous episode which episode were you on uh, Let's see who public
2: was, archaeology Yeah so Bree
1: yeah. helped us with okay. the public interview computer. with the Florida Public Archaeology yes. Network yeah. that's
0: the one that was one of our most popular shows yeah, we had a lot of viewers. It definitely on our, was because of me. Listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Bree, she brings in all the listeners. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> that's that's why we have her on here. She she brings in all the people. So, if you're new to Anthro Alert though, if you haven't been listening, let me tell you a little bit about what anthropology. Well, we're going to talk about what anthropology is, but first, before I... let's not get ahead of ourselves here. Let me talk about what is Anthro Alert and what we uh what we try to do here on the show. So, this show simply put is about why anthropology matters and so each week uh, we discuss how anthropology is relevant and over time uh, we've featured various guests from the Department of Anthropology here at USF so faculty and um, uh, graduate students to discuss their research and to have them weigh in on everyday topics or current events Uh, so keeping anthropology relevant so we believe that this is a good opportunity for us as anthropologists, as students of anthropology, to better connect with the USF community and to raise awareness of the anthropological perspective. Uh, just like every week, uh, we like to preface our show with the disclaimer um, that the statements we make here on Anthro Alert and the opinions we express or uh, the opinions that our guests express are ours alone. So... Uh, they may not necessarily be representative of anthropology as a discipline, the USF anthropology department, USF as an institution, student government, uh, all all of those stakeholders.
1: Yeah, in, that includes um, primates
0: around the world. Yes, <laughs> that's true because anthropologists do work with primates, and we do not speak for them.
1: We don't, and we do you not. know, oftentimes they don't speak for themselves because uh, we just can't understand their vocal patterns. That,
0: yeah, that's that's completely we'll get true. There. That's that
1: next level stuff. There needs to be an app for that. (laughs) Decoding primate screeches. I mean, if Google could tell me what song I'm listening to, I want it to translate what the chimpanzee is saying to me. Yeah.
2: That's a good point.
0: Now Google can even tell you what piece of artwork you resemble. Have you seen that? Oh, I need that. Yeah. Because I – There's like that art. Uh, app thing. Oh, I didn't know that.
2: Google Arts and Culture, I think Really? It was. Yeah. yeah. I just heard oh. about
0: it yesterday. Huh. Like, I'd you take a selfie, and then uh-huh. it scans, like, thousands of artworks from history and around the world, and then it matches you closest with whatever one you match with. I, I wonder if that'll help me with my dream of being famous. It might, but I've heard it's not always flattering.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: oh, so. I've seen some funny matches. <laughs> <Yeah. since>. Okay. <laughs> so... <laughs> It's – you're at your own risk uh, at that point.
1: <laughs> well, if there was an app that can warn me um, that I'm in danger because this chimpanzee will try to rip my face off, that would be important for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that would be important for several primatologists out there.
1: <laughs> All right. So for today's show, what we're going to do since it may have been like 26 or 27 episodes uh, where we introduce the topic of anthropology, where we talk a little bit about what our interests are. Um in anthropology was uh, we're we're gonna kind of review some of that today. you know, so if it's your first time listening, you this is gonna be the best show for you to just catch today for that reason because now you're yeah. gonna hear what anthropology is all about. Mm-hmm. We're gonna break down all of the different the four fields and the extra fifth field that we that we like to do here at USF. Uh, we're gonna go through each of those and we're gonna talk in depth, a little bit more about how we got interested in the study of anthropology and what we're hoping to do with that as, um, as we live and work in, a, uh, in our society. Um,
0: yeah, so first, what is anthropology? That's a good question. I think it's also not always a, like a simple question to answer, depending on who you're talking to. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's just me and my ability to not be able to summarize the definition very well. But AmericanAnthro.org says that anthropology is a study of what makes us human, and I think that's actually a really good way to to sum it up. Um, because especially now, anthropology and anthropological research has evolved from what you know it was from our founders to really expand. To research that just involves humans in general right so Mm -hmm. any sort of event or phenomena or interaction organization whatever that involves human beings or interaction thereof can be anthropological research i think so i think anthropology really is the study of what makes us human
2: yeah yeah um
1: so, yeah, I mean, thinking about this, um, this anthropology as a study of what makes us human, that's important because that's really an all-encompassing umbrella.
0: Yeah, right, mm-hmm. because you're also talking about, you know, when you're talking into this, the subfields, you know, you're talking about what makes us human and the past and the present, but also, you know, a lot of anthropologists are looking at, like, future and stuff too. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. from an
1: evolutionary perspective, right. how did humans come to be? what what is that trajectory look like yeah um where where are we now on along that that scale right uh, and how does that relate us to other species on the planet yeah so like from like an evolutionary biological perspective but mm-hmm. also like there's a lot of cultural variation right? yeah there's
0: a ton of cultural i variation. mean i mean
1: you know some could say that well anthropology is predominantly like the study of cultural variation uh, and the people that say that probably don't really know anthropology all that much Because yeah. then they haven't heard anything about All the archaeologists that we have on the show
0: Right, right Oh, I mean, even if you're talking about You know, cultural variation And, you know Just, you know, archaeology and stuff You know, if you're talking about human mobility and migration You know, and that I'm actually taking that class now And the first week we've been reading about The colonization of the Americas So, you know what was the origin population that eventually migrated you know into into the continent now and like how did they split up and you know position themselves and didn't like different parts of america and how are we you know where we are now with different indigenous groups and you know just in general and sort of like how did that pop like how did the americas become populated so i mean even there when you're talking about like genetics and anthropology and biological anthropology and archaeology and, like, all these different subfields. I mean, anthropology can sneak in even into, like, the natural sciences and all that, you know, all that type of stuff. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I like to think or, like, say to people, like, when they ask, I'm like, really, you can study pretty much anything you want in anthropology. Like, you can. can really take apart any phenomenon that involves humans and, like, piece it up and study it. Like, it just really expands to pretty much everything. Yeah. Just very broad, but...
1: Yeah, that's I mean that's a good point you make because um somebody asked me, "Oh, well, what do you study there at USF?" And I'll be like, "Oh, well, I study, <laughs> you know, I'm a I'm a graduate student in anthropology and public health." Well, I'm a graduate student <laughs> in anthropology and I'll be like, "Oh, well, does like what are you going to do with that?" Oh man. Oh, my favorite question. Yeah, yeah, and then so then I tell them anything I want.
0: <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because it's it's such a collaborative, interdisciplinary, wide open field, right? You, it really opens you up to a lot, and if you're the creative person, which one day I hope to be, yeah, um, it's it's a really a good fit for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if, obviously for some people, that's all that possibility is going to be impossibly frustrating, uh, right? Yeah. Um,
0: and I think you maybe I think you're kind of bringing up one of the challenges of being an anthropologist too is the fact that. Our discipline can somewhat be like isolating and and to to the degree that we're getting better at sort of being out in the public but you know a lot of people still don't know what anthropologists do or what it is and so the question of what are you going to do with that where you know the three of us know that we have skills to apply to a lot of different things Mm -hmm. if you're creative like renee said um or if you have the ability to market yourself you know you have to put a lot of emphasis on marketing yourself at that point, you know, because a lot of people still don't know the skills that we have, the toolkit that we carry. Yeah, that toolkit
1: is not, like, all-encompassing to the point where people will accept that you have something to offer. Right. Like, you got to make – you got to
0: earn it. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's – yeah, well, that's what anthropology is. But – like Renee said, there's a lot of different subfields. Um, so which which subfield are we going to start with? Medical. Medical. Hey, that's me. <laughs> All right, take it away, Bree.
2: Um, yeah, so that's kind of my field, my discipline, medical anthropology. So um, like you said, there's subfields. So that's kind of like how we kind of sp- split ourselves up from each other, I guess, in a way, or like yeah. our um, what we specifically might look at more so than others. So medical anthropology generally can look at medical phenomena so you can study maybe a particular disease you can study um, hospitals you can study structures within medical anthropology you can study like um, people and how they interact in in the medical system like there's really anything you can think of in medicine and people um you can study people can even study like old medicines and like Mm. traditional medicines and uh yeah so there's there's a lot there to study
1: Hmm. that's um i mean spencer you're also a medical anthropologist right
0: you know, I'm in a weird sort of situation where I think my research is medical, but I, I've never considered myself a medical anthropologist. I consider myself a cultural anthropologist.
1: Hmm. Well, that, well, to be fair, yeah. I mean, medical is kind of like a subfield within cultural. Yeah. Y- yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if That's you, the caveat. You can. <laughs> yeah, it can be. And we'll break that open of what that means and what a four field yeah. Anthropology, or what four fields of anthropology are? Right. Um, but yeah, so medical. So Spencer, you see yourself as more of a cultural anthropologist? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, with medical leanings.
0: Yeah, I think so because so I'm more interested in sort of the laws and policies that surround themselves in the medical field or in that environment. So I I guess I would be I would consider myself more law and policy in in a cultural sense, but I guess. Yeah. If I, w- if I would have to say my research is probably more medical, yeah.
2: Which I think is interesting about anthropology. You can really kind of define yourself how you want. Doesn't You know, yeah. like you can kind of pick and choose and like you can kind of like move within that too. Yeah. Which is, it's nice to have that flexibility.
0: Yeah. And I think to some degree it's sort of just like esoteric in a sense because like anthropologists like to sort of separate themselves out. But it really yeah. doesn't matter that much. Yeah. In the end, you know, so. Um, I guess when you're outside of, like, our discipline. But, um... Yeah, it's, like, it's a good point. Yeah. Like, for example, how many different species of
1: apples or v- varieties of apples are there?
0: There's a lot, isn't there?
1: Yeah, take a guess. There's, like, 50, right?
2: I'm going to say 45.
1: Okay, <laughs> we're, like, a 1,000, over 1,000. Wow, really? Oh, what? Yeah. Wow. But, like, it's a point, like, that. if you're an apple, you might care, like, which one you are. That's true. Right. But yeah. if you're not an apple, you're just an apple. Right.
2: This is getting deep. Man. <laughs>
0: just... Opened my mind.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. Something I learned uh, back in the day. Wow, that was interesting. Uh, Bree, what's your interest in medical anthropology?
2: Uh, like, how did I get? Or, my...
1: or, I'm sorry how do you how do you identify with medical anthropology more? Like, why is why is that your chosen field here at USF? Oh, that's a good question.
2: yeah, yeah. That is a good question. I think it it kind of stems from my interest in medicine in general when I was. Mm-hmm. A youth, a young freshman in college, I thought, like, I wanted to be a doctor, yeah. um, and so I think I always had that interest in the medical field, but then I realized shadowing doctors and things like that, that I liked talking to patients more than I actually like doing medicine, yeah. and so, or, like, even observing medicine, so I think, to me, it was, like, the human within the medicine that really kind of got me and, like, led me to this place, mm. um, yeah, and, and more than just the the medical technologies and all that chemistry science stuff that was not so much my i found sociocultural anthropology and i was like this is it
0: (laughs) yeah that's more your jam yeah that's cool yeah so our
1: next subfield Is is, uh, is biological anthropology biological okay uh and so biological anthropology also known um at one point as physical anthropology and often still referred to as physical anthropology but it's the discipline concerned with the biological and behavioral aspects of human beings, their related non-human primates, and their extinct hominin ancestors. So this is a subfield of anthropology, right, uh, providing a biological perspective to the systematic study of human beings. So as Spencer mentioned previously, anthropology being quite the interdisciplinary collaborative science, biological anthropology tends to uh, integrate well with uh medicine mm-hmm. uh, genetics yeah Just um, biology biology yeah yeah.
0: yeah i
2: mean right now i'm in a biological anthropology class mm. so it's like and it really does integrate well it's, yeah. everything crosses in anthropology really osteology
0: does. i guess that's a big one. Yeah. Oh, exactly yeah. um forensics i think stems oh, yeah. from from this yeah subfield i think so so i guess forensic science is kind of starting to be its own sort of science right yeah and i th- you know and I would conjecture to say, I wonder if I use
1: that correctly. Did I use that
0: word right? I think so. Sound right? Conjecture. Conjecture. Okay. Sound,
1: it sounded it really sounded, good. It sounded, yeah. Stick right. with it. Just, well, <laughs> confidence is key. Yeah. Well I, well, I lost the confidence once I questioned it. <laughs> so um, I would I would say that maybe um, a lot of the popularity with forensic science came from popular TV shows like CSI or Bones.
2: Oh yeah, that's the one I hear a lot. You're gonna be You're gonna be Bones. <laughs>
0: Well, you know the author of that series because that show is a book series. But that author is actually a very famous forensic anthropologist.
2: Is, is it her, like, true life?
0: Well, I think it may be loosely based on event, but I think it's completely fictitious. Okay. But, but I mean, she is a, like, right. a really famous forensic anthropologist. Huh. So just a little fun fact <laughs> out there for you. <laughs> yes.
1: Um, no, I I heard an interview with that, uh, with that author, I think, on um, the NPR Fresh Air with Terry Gross. Oh yeah, I feel like that's something that I I heard before.
0: Yeah, but like, I don't know how much she actually still practices though. I mean, she's making probably get her on the show. A, a pretty good amount of yeah right dollars <laughs> due to being an author. So
1: yeah, I don't know. Like, it depends on. There's <laughs> probably it's probably quite a uh, uh, a range of. of income from being an author right yeah you make like nothing to a bunch
0: yeah that's true i guess Mm -hmm. it just depends so Uh,
1: i guess if if your if your work inspired a tv show you're probably making a bunch
0: i would say assuming your agent hooked you up that's true yeah Uh, yeah supposing that you crossed crossed the right t's and dotted the right i's Yeah. yeah
1: Okay, so biological anthropology, looking at biological human variation. and different.
0: Do you consider yourself a biological anthropologist or now?
1: Yeah, but with medical leanings. Okay. Wow, look at us. Yeah. Or medical with biological leanings. I think technically— Depends on the day. On the, well, <laughs> on the paperwork, it's going to be medical.
0: Yeah. I mean, medical is also a sub-subfield of biological, too. Right? Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know, medical is a weird sort of sub-subfield that just kind of sneaks in wherever— it's wherever it wants to be.
2: You can, like, look at, I mean, medical topics within archaeology. Yeah. Can, I mean, yeah. you can really do it in anything. I mean, that's.
0: I've yeah. seen it in linguistics, too. Yeah, that's Talking about discourse and stuff within a hospital right. and patient interactions and things. Language, so. yeah.
1: That's yeah. something uh, previous guest of ours, Dr. Bethard, was interested in doing as well. Like, yeah, Like, um, looking kinda. at, at um, archaeological research uh, to look at medical stuff. You'd have to listen to the show again. Check it out on anthroalert.com. You'll hear it again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So that's that's biological anthropology.
0: Cool. Where are we moving to next? Cultural. Cultural. Wait, we already did cultural, right? Oh, we didn't do cultural. Okay. Maybe in my mind I already did cultural. Okay. So cultural is essentially about studying the development of human societies and and cultures. Um, I think in a nutshell, that's basically cultural anthropology because – um, I would say that was kind of the first field of anthropology. Right? I think probably most of our founders were interested in Yeah, they were more cultural. like
2: the four field. I, well, That's true, I, I feel guess. It really depends on who you're talking about, I I guess,
0: because if you're talking about like Franz Boas and stuff, he was yeah. all about like the four fields yeah. and stuff. All right, but cultural is basically studying cultures around the world, right? I mean, mm-hmm. would you guys add anything?
2: But, I, yeah.
0: I mean, not even around the world, right? Because there's cultures within cultures. So, you know, there's cultures of being a university student and there's cultures of, you know, we talked about the culture of CrossFit and the community and CrossFit and being part of a sports team. That's a culture. Or we talked about geek culture, right? So there's very distinct things, I guess, that define what a culture is. And anthropologists have tweaked that over time. Yeah. Um but very broadly we can use the term culture.
2: Yeah. I mean it was a huge debate for a while. I think the eighties, right? Like yeah. what, what is culture? I think that was a huge thing. And I think even yeah. between subfields it's defined differently, but within generally we kind of settled.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think we did. I think there was a huge debate on everything in anthropology. Oh, in the I, ed- yeah, the eighties. <laughs> Everybody was arguing <laughs> about everything.
1: <laughs> that's all good that's all we're good for.
0: That's true.
2: Uh, critique. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, at that point, we were still all coming from, like, other disciplines, right? Until yeah. there was an actual PhD anthropology program at Columbia. That was the first one? That was the very first one, yeah. Do you With, know what year? Uh... I'll look it up. Yeah, yeah, we can look it up. I know that was the first one though, because that was Franz Boaz, and then he taught but, the first yeah. generation like Mead, Mead and, and Benedict. Benedict, I think, right? All I those, think so. yeah, Could all be those making people. That up. Yeah, we're gonna Sorry. get some
2: tweet corrections about yeah. the history of anthropology real quick. I'm a little
0: fuzzy on my history, <laughs> so I hope none of I hope Doctor Pecan and Doctor Lindy aren't listening <laughs> because <laughs> cause I feel like they would be very disappointed. But it's okay. Sorry, I tried. <laughs>
1: So um, so cultural anthropology, basically, or sociocultural anthropology is looking at yeah. the variation of, of human culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, is that to say that culture is exclusively a human thing?
2: Ah. Mm. See, I was in a physical anthropology class in undergrad, and they defined culture. So, again, the different definitions of culture. They defined culture as shared learned behaviors. And when you define it like that, when you look at it like that, you can look at... Um, different types of uh, primates and see shared learned behaviors between them. So really, I think it depends on your lens. It depends on your research. It depends on a lot of things.
0: Yeah, that's true. I never really thought about it. I guess other things can have culture, right? Yeah. Um, I wonder if anyone's... If any anthropologist has, like, looked at that. I'm sure primatologists and stuff have oh, probably looked see, at yeah. that, right? Oh, like, for sure. Yeah, yeah, they...
2: Um, I'm going to get this totally wrong, but there was a study where they looked at i can't remember which type of primate but they looked at them and they were like basically their eating behaviors mm-hmm. um they studied their eating behaviors and mm-hmm. certain monkeys were or certain primates were eating more efficiently than others and they um found that that like knowledge was kind of like transferred i don't know Sorry. I mean that that's makes just, sense right yeah and like yeah. they they observed it watched it oh that's so cool yeah it was neat
1: our next field is a favorite of the show: uh, archaeology, <laughs> oh yeah, and archaeological anthropology, which is basically looking at um, variation in material culture. Yeah, and typically that means historical material culture. I, I think in most yeah in, in most, most context, cases the way yeah. it's applied. However, uh, it's it's material culture, um, and uh, I say it's a favorite of the show because m- many of our guests tend to be. Uh, in the archaeology archaeology field, yeah. right? So our guest last week, Ryan, um, uses a, this method of sclerochronology, where he—I'm yeah, going to get it wrong—but he counts the rings on shells. And I know it's not exactly what he does, right. but that's how I understood it. He counts the rings on shells to determine their age, which adds context to archaeological sites.
0: Also, what season yeah. they died? yeah exactly and right. that was like
1: crazy like how do you how does that happen but right. um the shell itself becomes a material the archaeologist uses the material to add context to their attempt
0: to understand the patterns w- of exposure exactly. and gatherers, yeah mm-hmm. which which blew my mind right but I think I don't know if we actually we have we've had Vivian come in and talk about like museums and stuff too which I think is cultural heritage and things which isn't always part of archaeology but I think it can be.
1: Right. Yeah so, yeah. so I looked up the actual definition. And so archaeology is the study of human activity through the recovery and analysis of material culture. Okay. So that includes artifacts, architecture, biofacts or ecofacts, which that's um, probably stuff that um, Anthony would study. You know, Anthony yeah. Tricarico. Yeah. Uh, doing stuff in um, the Caribbean somewhere. The West Indies, right? West Indies, yeah. Yeah. Uh, cultural landscapes. So that's that's archaeology. You know, I am not the expert.
0: We're getting better, though. But yeah, I, We're I surprised better. myself. We're learning all these fancy words and stuff, like sclerochronology.
1: Yeah, I remember wow. that. I was telling somebody about that the other day, and they just looked at me like,
0: I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, okay.
2: You said you should.
0: <laughs> you should care because it's important. Tune at least, in. At least <laughs> <Yeah>. they're honest.
1: <laughs> Next up is um, – w- Hit the mic. Next up is going to be my personal favorite as linguistic anthropology.
0: That's your personal favorite?
1: Yeah, it is. Okay. Language is amazing, man.
0: Language is amazing. Mm -hmm. So, linguistic, which I think is, I would say, it's probably the most neglected of the four subfields.
2: But it's very historically relevant to our field. Yeah. Like, I was surprised at how much theory came, like, was developed from linguistic theory.
0: Yeah. I mean, language is really important, right? So some of those really foundational theories comes from linguistics. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I guess linguistics, linguistic anthropology is sort of the mingling between anthropology and the science of linguistics. Um, And so it's broken down into studying sociolinguistics or language and culture. Uh, You can have historical linguistics or looking at the change of language over time, uh, perhaps in a certain population or... Um, it's also, it, it's interesting to look at historical linguistics on like slang in the U S mm. and how that changes over time or how the meaning of words, this, how the meaning of the same word changes over time. is also really interesting to look at. Um, you can also have more, I guess, of the linguistic side. So you can look at the structure of language and like, um, phonology and morphology of words and sentences and sentence structure, grammatical structures, that kind of thing. Um. You can also look like what I mentioned earlier in medical anthropology and look at discourse. Um, you know, patient physician interactions, you know, what words are used. Uh but you can also studies have been um look at discourse in like the news, um, you know, so what words are used to describe certain events, perhaps. Um, and then you have language acquisition, right? Second language acquisition is a big topic, too. So mm-hmm. how do kids learn their second language? How do adults learn a second language? You know, what's more efficient? You know, how do you go about that? That kind of thing. So I think linguistics is actually really fascinating. I love yeah. it.
1: Yeah, so, so you, I gather based on um kind of what you were just saying, you've taken at least one linguistics course.
0: Yeah, and um I actually helped TA it for two semesters, so. That's cool. Yeah, I was the GA here, oh, here at USF right. for the undergrad. Oh,
1: because the, the undergraduates do have a linguistic anthropology they course. They do.
0: And my advisor, Dr. Tardubel, is one of the linguists or one of the anthropologists here that's interested in linguistics. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Brianne, you ever get a chance to take
1: a linguistic anthropology course?
2: I didn't. oh no. Really? So yeah. I know. I I kind of wish I had. Um,
0: they didn't make you do that as an undergrad. <laughs> no. We had to take at least one.
2: Yeah. No. I didn't. No. I took. I took a bunch of medical anthropology in undergrad. I, I kind of...
0: So you were not a four-field approach.
2: I Well, I didn't even take archaeology as undergrad.
0: Really? I don't know how... I mean, wow. I took
2: um, physical, biological anthropology, but... Right. Yeah, I don't know how... I don't know if I, like, skirted around some requirements on accident or something, but I graduated.
0: As an undergrad, I had to take one of each, at yeah. least.
2: Yeah. No, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I don't know why. I mean, I loved my program. I thought it was great, but it's just... I don't know why I end up not having we talked a lot about linguistics i think that was the thing we talked about it within sociocultural anthropology more uh, like we kind of like sense. but i don't it wasn't like a specific class i don't know if we had an actual class or it never fit into my schedule or what but
1: have you huh. ever taken one renee oh it was my favorite class yeah i mean i'd say that about a lot of them but undergrad yeah yeah, yeah. like all the anthropology classes were really interesting except the archaeology like, oh my gosh
0: yeah <laughs> i i was not a fan of archaeology uh as an undergrad because i just couldn't get down with reading about pot shards that much like (laughs) yeah man it's it's hard it's like i totally respect all the anthropologists or archaeologists here because and i think they're when they explain their research to me i see the relevance and i think it's really interesting but like the reading just man i can't do it no it's tough yeah
1: it's tough um, but like I said, the linguistic was one of my favorite courses. Yeah. Just the way that they broke down human language. It, it was so captivating. And, it's, and then uh, now I look at mm-hmm. language and its use to facilitate power, um, to basically help people navigate around their society and their world.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, it's really the implement for a lot of structure in modern society and so, so language i think from an anthropological perspective it it, it is in, in, often included in like discussion and study oh yeah but not necessarily itself as its own field which which may be a, a deficit right mm-hmm. yeah um, yeah that's uh so that's those are our the four fields of anthropology right yeah biological anthropology socio-cultural anthropology archaeology and Linguistics. And linguistic anthropology, right? Then mm-hmm. here at USF, we focus also in medical anthropology yep. and not so much in linguistic. Yeah. Right. Um, so that's anthropology. That's the four fields of anthropology. We're gonna take a music break here. Uh, we're gonna play some tunes for you. So we'll yes. we'll be back in a few. Stay tuned. Yes. You know, don't go anywhere.
0: Enjoy the music. We'll see you. So this little tune is called "Rainy Day" by Nujabe. So enjoy. Hey everyone, how's it going? What's happening? You're back on Anthro Alert. You're listening to Bulls Radio WUSF 89.7 HD3 Tampa, 16:20 a.m. on campus and always streaming worldwide at tunein.com and the TuneIn app. So, if you guys remember, last week was our first week that we were taking some Twitter questions. We're trying to get more interactive here on Anthro Alert. And we actually got, uh, we have two people that uh, hit us up on Twitter and sent us in some questions. So we're going to answer those right now. Bree, do you want to read one of them?
2: Sure. Um, okay. I'll start with this one. So this is from listener Jake. Uh, so I'll read the whole thing. All right. Uh, great podcast. Feel free to answer this as you see fit. As anthropologists, how does your own culture affect the study of cultures you are not a part of? So maybe we can start there. Okay. There's more There's more to that question, but we'll okay. start there.
0: We'll start with that one. So how does your culture interfere with, of, affect, yeah. affect other cultures you're trying to study?
2: Yeah. Yeah, that you're not a part of. If you're studying yeah. a culture you're not a part of.
0: So it's like insider and outsider perspective. Right. You yeah. so, e- make an it. Yeah. You <laughs> make Yeah. Um, which is won? which? So
2: emic (laughs) is inside is inside and edict edict is outside
1: outside. yeah 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 okay yeah right pass that test (laughs) so an insider perspective is you're doing like a study of the culture that you yourself are a member of or that you identify with right okay Mm -hmm. Okay. yeah yeah an outsider perspective is maybe the more traditional type of anthropology that we think of is like where oh, I'm going to go study the people of X, Y, Z country yeah. because I'm not a member of that, of that community and I want to see what's happening there.
2: Yeah.
0: So yeah. I'm, I'm going to take a shot at this. So how does your culture affect how you study other cultures? Yeah. That's the question. So we have this insider and outsider perspective. And so anthropologists traditionally, when we would go study X, Y, Z culture – in another country because typically that's sort of like the rite of passage for dissertation students is to do what we call like long-term participant observation so typically like field field work yeah field work so phd students will go you know wherever they choose to go and stay there for 12 18 two years uh you know 12 18 months two years some people have done like you know up to five years i've heard you know several several years and so what the goal of that is is to spend enough time in a community to start transitioning your outside perspective to more of an insider perspective while throughout that time period doing what we call an anthropology like being reflexive and checking your biases and sort Mm -hmm. of When you're reading your notes or typing your notes, you have to be constantly aware of what you're writing is coming from your own personal history and where you grew up and all these other biases you have. And so the point is to try to be aware of that and uh, have as much of an insider perspective as possible, knowing that 100% insider perspective isn't realistic.
1: Yeah. Unless you're a 100% insider. Yes, unless right,
0: okay. you're a 100% insider. Right. So that that's my shot at, my, my stab at sort of trying to answer that question.
1: Oh, yeah. that's pretty good. Uh, do you have anything you want to add?
2: I mean, I think this is something I kind of almost personally, like, grapple with. I mean, I haven't done any official research yet, right? Like, I've worked on research projects but never conducted my own. And I think that's something I've thought about. Like, what if I'm... What, what are the dangers of going somewhere that you don't understand what you don't know? Like, you know, could that be, Yeah, I don't know. It, it's, it's almost, it's scary, but it, and it, but it's, you know, it's how we do our work, but it can also yeah. be like, am I putting my judgment on something else that I shouldn't or do you know, but that's yeah. the mark of a good anthropologist is not, is doing it well. So you don't do
0: that. Right. Yeah. There's also still the sort of, I guess not controversy, but grapple and anthropology of the whole term, like going native right so if you guys ever talked about that in one of your classes like especially like in historical anthropology where anthropologists would essentially go in and maybe they would marry into the community and then you know like uh, you know even sometimes stay like permanently there and you know they I think the term that they started to use was going native and you know then they're talking about kind of what you're talking about is like you know where's the line and that yeah. kind of thing. So. You know,
1: that does remind me of a television show that I used to enjoy, and it's probably got me interested more in anthropology. Uh, it was on the Discovery Channel.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, back in the day, this is like the 1990s, 2000s. Uh, I believe the name of the show, and it's hard to find. Um, I'm sure you could find it somewhere, but it's uh, Going Tribal. <laughs> oh. And basically this British TV personality... Uh, Pseudo anthropologist, anthropologist. I don't know. What, yeah. I don't know what his credential was. Adventurer.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: And he would, he would go and he would stay with these communities and he would practice whatever things that they practice and he would try his best to kind of like capture on film um, what it, what it's like to be a member of this community. And um, if that meant for him, he had to eat these little palm grubs. And he, you know he he's didn't want to. He was going to eat. He's, eat <laughs> he's some eating palm grubs. Beds. He didn't yep. want to, but he did it. And yeah.
0: uh, yeah. Sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. Yeah.
1: So, I I mean, I, I think that kind of answers the uh, yeah. like question, that right. part of the question. Yeah. Right. was we well, well, more to it. Though yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Okay. It's the second part.
2: All right. So, what are some barriers to understanding our own cultures? <laughs>
0: <I> <laughs> Blow think,
2: your mind for a second?
0: <laughs> I think there's just so many things that we're inherently used to that we don't necessarily even, like, yeah. Analyze them anymore. You, you, you just have take to take a lot of.
2: Sorry. Yeah, you have to take a step outside your culture almost if you're going to be studying something yeah. you're more familiar with. You have to step back like you're an outsider to it. So there's the, it's okay. both sides of the coin, right? Right. Like yeah, because yeah.
1: you take so many things for granted. Yeah. 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 Like like um, so one of the things I'm always interested in are like gender and gender norms, yeah. and sex differences and things like that. So as a as a male, or as a cisgender male,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, I might have to define those.
0: Yeah, you but probably have to define <laughs> that. Me, let
1: me go. Well, let me define them first. So, 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 male is like biological sex. Yeah. Right. Cisgender implies that I am the same gender as what my sex implies. Okay. I think. Yeah. I think that covers it yeah. pretty well. Yeah. I should. I should do that. Uh, USF. Um, safe zone training and, and relearn these terms. I mean, it
0: basically means that you identify with the sex that you were given, right? Biologically, I, I, yeah, I think so. Okay,
1: yeah, but yeah. So, so for me, that would be like a masculine gender. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so as identifying as that, it, I, I. Now, what was it? No, well, give me the question one more so time. So I want, I want to rephrase it just right.
2: Uh, the the whole question. Okay, what are some barriers to understanding your own cultures?
0: And you were talking about gender and gender norms.
2: Yeah. So like you're being inside of it. Like you have to yeah. step outside of it. Oh,
0: okay. So,
1: no, because I I, thought I was going to answer it in a different way. Okay, but as a male, if I'm studying gender things, I have to recognize that um, I'm going to take a lot of assumptions that oh, I got it. I'm going to make a lot of assumptions based on on just being male. Yeah. Um, if I'm looking at designing safe places to walk, okay, um, what's safe for me as a male is different than what's safe for a woman. That's true. So there's different there's different things. Like I once facilitated a discussion looking at um, uh, gender gender violence and alcohol. Uh, this was at Arizona yeah. State University. And one of the questions, one of the, the discussion questions is raise your hand if you've ever been – and this is like a – just a mixed group of um, – it was mostly like fraternity, sorority people because <laughs> it was a requirement for them to, to attend. Anyway, raise, the question was raise your hand if you've ever felt unsafe walking um, to your car. And like half the room's hand went up because half the room was women. Yeah. so all the women in the class raised their hands and said yeah all the time and then all the men were like what no way that's <laughs> totally wow yeah and it was just like they didn't understand because their, right. their perspective as a male the, the, their assumption is that if it's safe for me it's safe for everybody right okay so that's where I was going with that sorry yeah. I, I fell off the, the train track wagon
0: we got we got You're back good. on yeah then. yeah we got back on here we
2: are
1: now yeah. the there was another part to that question
0: I don't know. well Bree, do well, you yeah. have anything to add to, to that part of the question?
2: I don't think so i think i think it's either way if you're going outside or inside your own culture i mean i think it's just being i think you said like reflexive
0: so do you think it's harder to study outside of your own culture or harder to study inside of your own culture
2: i really think they both bring their own challenges yeah you know like i i don't know i guess i've never necessarily studied outside my own culture like i've never I don't know. I think it also depends on what you're looking at as, quote, unquote, your own culture. Right. You know?
1: right. It probably depends quite a bit on your re- on your questions that you're trying to answer. Yeah. That's
2: true.
0: Yeah.
1: Because <laughs> if your questions – if you have questions that kind of allow you or, or point you in the direction of it's not really necessary to be an insider or if your questions are like I have to be an outsider for this question to work, yeah. I think that's probably
0: how that works. That's true. Yeah. I also think you know, being an insider, we also have like auto ethnographies too, right? So that's mm-hmm. a method in which you can sort of study as an insider. Yeah,
2: and right? I think I mean the starting places, too is seeing that you are. I mean, and maybe you kind of remarked on this, Renee, but like seeing that you have your own culture because a lot of yeah. people think they're like, oh, I don't. Like everybody else has culture, but that doesn't apply to me. Like right. no, you have you have your own culture. It's yeah. seeing it, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's that putting whole, on those lenses.
1: That whole system of biases and assumptions that are made. Yeah, you yeah, make, yeah, about yourself.
0: All right, what's what's next? What's the okay. next part? We had a...
1: Oh, yeah, there was more to that. Yeah, I there was, was
0: more there. to that question, right? Uh, or was that, the, was that it? Yeah, that was it. Okay. So the Twitter question? Yeah, so we have another Twitter question.
2: Okay. So uh, this is from listener Tiffany. Um, what are your opinions on the involvement of anthropologists in solving problems they study? There's a second part to that after.
0: So this is like activism, I assume. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Well, I think there's a lot of sort of internal conflict in anthropology about this too about public anthropology and activism and how to you know because you're in some situations you're in that situation of power right because you're you know depending on what background you come from but you know if you're a university phd student you might have different situations and different power dynamics there than what the like what community you're working with um so let me see what are the Opinions on the involvement of anthropologists in the in solving problems they study. I think overall, there's a lot of anthropologists that are very for activism.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think. I mean, I think there's been debate within the field, right? Like, yeah. st- like historically, mm-hmm. like, do we get involved? Do we stay out? Do we stay like, you know, like within our? We're just anthropologists. We're right. not whatever. Like, how do you cross that role?
0: Because I think some people are sort of like, we need to stay objective, and we right. need to be sort of the academic observer. And, like, as soon as emotions come into play, then that's a different dynamic. But then there's also people that are, like, well, if I have the power to study these people, I have the power to, like, try to help this situation as well. And, like, that's my responsibility. So you have, like, kind of two sides of that argument,
2: I think. Yeah. yeah. I think it, it, again, depends on what you study and, you know, what your your subject is, you know.
1: Oh, for sure, for sure. One of the things that this question prompts me to think of is applying anthropology as a way to evaluate. Yeah. So evaluating yeah. programs, uh, organizational evaluation, management evaluation, yeah. basically as a way. So, so the assumption here then is that the problems that we solving the problem of how could this um, entity, so I'll just say like a, a public health program, how could this program be improved? And so applying anthropological perspectives to formally evaluate the program according to its stated goals. And yeah. I think that's the idea. Well, I, that's the way I see it. That's right. like how I better best identify.
0: Yeah, also like international development. I could see this being, you yeah. know, cause there's a lot of anthropologists doing development type work now, so.
2: So here's the, the hard question to kind of follow that up. So okay. what, is, what does anthropology like bring to those things? Like why, why are we uniquely suited to solve problems? You know, like why can't the public health people, like why can't the public health people do it? Like why do we bring a special view to it to help solve problems? Like in your example.
1: So um, the way it's just they're they're too close to it. Yeah. They're they're too much of an insider to their method.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. It, it. They're. So so the public health perspective. There's nothing necessarily flawed with it. Oh yeah. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: it's just the perspective is such that it. Maybe blinds them to some of the other things, and and they've been. I mean, as an as a field, uh, they've been very good about trying to be more considerate about the things that they were missing. Mm-hmm. So, like, just um, you know, the term cultural competency, yeah. mm-hmm. cultural uh, humility, yeah, um, ethnocentrism. So, ethnocentrism being, yeah, uh, Spencer, can you define? Yeah, so a-
0: ethnocentrism oh, basically means that the background that a person comes from or the culture that they identify with they come in the attitude that their background or the way they do things or the way that they believe things to be is better than someone else's beliefs or way that they do things
1: yeah exactly yeah. so for like a like a again a health perspective looking historically so we have these Western nations that have ideas of what health should look like and trying to enforce those ideas onto other uh, countries, other mm-hmm. nations without yeah. consideration right. of how it would fit into their already existing infrastructure, their existing cultural models. Yeah. Okay. So the assumption then is that their system is better yeah. or, or superior or the right. best. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, I also think that anthropologists are valuable in these types of situations because of the way that we think about things and the questions that we ask. So, um, <laughs> sorry, we're we're hearing some
2: sounds all around. Sounds like us. a club out there. The yeah. pool
0: hall at the Beef of
1: Brady's is getting is getting righteous. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: there's a party hopping out
1: there. Yeah, if you're not familiar with, with the, yeah, familiar with the Bulls, Bulls Radio Studio, we are directly adjacent. To the pool hall of the Beef O'Brady is here at the USF Marshall Student Center. Yeah.
0: There's some people DJing behind us, too. So I think oh, okay. there's some there's some thumps behind us They're They're getting rowdy. All right. Good times. Good yeah. times. Yeah. Um,
2: Mix this up a little bit. So, right. so
1: again, the question – so I think that because they're too close to the method, they've missed some things. Yeah. And so bringing an anthropologist in who has no vested interest in, in the public health methodology – Yeah. Yeah just comes in as a neutral voice to say, well, did you think about X, Y, and Z? Yeah, Yeah. And it's just as simple as that. And then, you know, they go from there. It's really intended to be a collaborative work yeah, or a collaborative evaluation, I should say. Mm Yeah.
0: And I think that, I don't know, I also think that some anthropologists need to, that go in to do applied anthropology or even anthropologists that are against applied anthropology need to sort of... Keep in mind that it is a collaborative interdisciplinary thing and like not to get too like pretentious with things like, you know, our method is kind of the right method sort of thing, which I I think can happen sometimes. And so maybe like people in other disciplines aren't so willing to work with us sometimes. I don't know <laughs> if that's just me, but I know we've talked about that in mm-hmm. one of our classes. So.
1: Yeah. Well, I can be highly pretentious <laughs> about. <that
2: situation. laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, we i yeah, I think we're like this is amazing, and then it's like yeah. okay like let's let's make sure right. we can translate that right like, right, <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly, so right, let's uh let's try the second part of that question, all right,
2: okay, so do they have an obligation to do something or an obligation to remain objective, and I think we kind of we sort of right. touched on that, yeah,
0: I think it entirely depends on who you talk to,
2: yeah,
1: yeah, it depends yeah. on on what you're doing why you're why you're doing, yeah.
2: yeah. I think yeah. and I, it is still a big debate within anthropology. I think it is,
0: especially public anthropology. Yeah. There's a lot of people still, like, within that crowd, are, I think, feel more that they have an obligation to try to do something. But, yeah, like you said, just in the field in general, it's still yeah. it's still debated. Uh, let's um, go ahead and take
1: a music break. Sure. And we'll be back for our 3 o'clock hour, um, starting here in just a few minutes. So um, enjoy the tune. Stay tuned. Again, you're listening to Anthro Alert on USF Bulls Radio.